It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Hey, Nick. Hey. I got a question for you. Okay, what's that? Is it better to play like hot garbage or is it better to play like cold garbage? Hmm. Wow. I've uh I've surprisingly only been asked this question four times in my life. And I was speechless each time. I don't know. Either way, you're probably playing like garbage. Right. Right. I don't know. You know how this is relevant? Tell me, how is this relevant? The Bruins, they they played the Philadelphia Flyers today. Yes. And they played like garbage. They did. They did. This is Barely on Topic. I'm VA. This I'm here with Nick, and we're going to talk about the Bruins. Ugh. Yeah. Did you watch the exhibition game the other night? I watched the exhibition game. Oh, well, but by the way, hey, aren't we so glad the Bruins are back? Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I did watch the exhibition game. I watched all of it, and I don't know why. Yeah. I felt like that was a game that you could just go, um, I don't need to watch this. I don't need this to be part of my life. I can pretend that this never happened. And a little bit more that I can say that about today's game. On, on Thursday night, people playing like crap, you know, that in the first period, it was terrible. So oh, terrible. And, and they got a little bit better as the game went on, but... Not the sharp Bruins we're used to seeing. And then this game, first period, was was great. I mean, getting out of the first period against Philadelphia without being scored upon, and, well, without scoring, that's a normal game between these two teams. It's mm-hmm. fine. And then it took a turn. Oh, boy, did it take a turn. <laughs> they just kept on shooting and shooting and shooting and scoring and scoring. Oh, yeah. I mean... I think that Philly led in shooting by the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And the Bruins just couldn't keep them out of their end. They they just bad bad choices made all around. In in many ways, well, today's game defensively it reminded of the Bruins of old, where they just let yeah, too many odd man rushes. R- Russians, too many odd man rushes. You had you had two on ones. It, it was it was very bad. It was. I feel like two years ago we were plagued with that uh, rather frequently against Tampa in, in the in round two. And this is what today's game reminded me of. And th- the more alarming thing, I know the exhibition game was completely meaningless. The meaningfulness of the round-robin games are debatable, but I think we can all agree they are more meaningful than the exhibition games. But nonetheless, in two games... The Bruins have scored two times and allowed um, eight goals. Yeah. Not good. Not good. No. That is definitely not good enough for sure. And uh, it's it's a little worrisome. Now, actually, the Bruins did lead. They led in shots on goal somehow or another. At one point, they weren't, and then they led again. Uh, oh, yeah. right, because they, for the last four minutes of the game with the goalie, with the Halak pulled, they just shot and shot and shot and shot, which was actually entertaining. If you just watched that 
four minutes of hockey and remove the scoreboard from the corner of your screen, you'd be like, hey, the Bruins look great. <laughs> it's actually true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because what they managed to do in having uh, Halak pulled is they, they were not scored upon. They they should have pulled the goalie the entire game. <laughs> that That's a bold yeah. strategy, Cotton. It, it is. It is. But uh, see how that plays out. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was uncomfortable to see. And I, I got to tell you, after that game, I don't have high hopes for what the Bruins are going to do in the round robin. Their next two opponents are Tampa Bay and mm. Washington. Both of those teams are very talented. Yes. Yes, they are. And they've both been in the mix for a very long time. So, yeah, so I'm not I'm not feeling really great about it. And, you know, I think that it's important to talk about not really expectations on where we think the Bruins are going to go. Because, honestly, if this if they continue to play awful in the round robin, we don't need to worry about anything past the first round. True. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't want to be I don't want to be a negative Nelly, but I just feel like maybe this year isn't going to be a deep run for them. That makes me sad, but it also it it makes me feel like it's a fitting end to this broken year of 2020. Yes. My dad said this and let's all be very frank. We're of course being very reactive to two games of hockey. Probably because we have not seen hockey in in five months, nearly five months. It's true. So we have admitted our bias here. But with that said, that won't stop us from talking and make and, and you know some doing some hot takes. My dad, I watched the game today with my dad, um, and actually my parents' brother and, and sister-in-law, kind of like the old days. We actually had a great time. We can talk about that later, though. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, you can talk about it right now. It's fine. Okay. Well, I'll say what my dad said. He uh, he said, you know, this just makes me think they should have just canceled the season. I'm like, oh, why? Because the Bruins lost one game? He goes, no, because the Bruins were on a hot streak. They had the momentum. That was the season. This isn't the 2020 season anymore. Like, to him, I'm like, okay, he's – and I, and I, I got to say – while I'm trying to put my two-game losing streak bias aside here, he's kind of right. Whoever wins this Stanley Cup, wins this tournament, sure, it should be celebrated. But is it really the same sort of Stanley Cup victory? To me, it would be like, oh, yeah, we won this side tournament that in the middle – oh, no, in the latter half of 2020. To me, yes, their names will be on the Cup – but it isn't winning the Stanley Cup. Right. I mean, I get it because it's kind of like uh, momentum is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Playing through injuries, try, uh, play, trying to get players back from injury, you know, just not having any time off, not not giving in to uh, any adversity, basically, that's that's yeah. placed in front of you. That is part of going, getting to that that final victory of the cup, right? And the thing that that really tripped up the Bruins last year was they had 
injuries to key players, uh, and they just wore, they broke down. They broke down in that seventh game. Uh, they brought them, they got them to seven games, but they just couldn't make it to the end uh, and, and win the cup. So, yeah, it's going to feel very different because everybody's had the same amount of time to rest. I mean, right now I have the uh, Toronto and uh, Columbus game on, and Columbus is a much different team right now than they were in March mm-hmm. because Seth Jones is back for one. Uh, I love Seth Jones. Okay, so, but he he had just broken his ankle like a, a week or two before the season was um, called, right? Uh, they they got Cam Atkinson back. They've got a bunch of players because for a long period of time during this season, the Columbus Blue Jackets were really the Cleveland whatever monsters. Mm. You know, that's what they yeah. were, and they they were a force to be reckoned with because, you know, um, John Tortorella coached up that team. And they have good talent, I guess, down down in the minor leagues. So, you know, I was kind of not surprised by the uh, result on Thursday because the Bruins didn't win a game against the Blue Jackets this season. They had one more game against them to play, but then they didn't get to play it. Right? Right. But they lost the other two games. One was uh, in overtime, I think, or was it a shootout? One of those things. And the other one, they just outright lost it. That was the the game that they lost Tuca with a concussion. So I'm not surprised by that. but And I'm not really surprised that Philadelphia beat them today. But was it really Philadelphia beating them or the Bruins beating themselves? I don't know. Again, the the overall, the structure just wasn't there. You watch that first period. You're like, oh, the Bruins didn't play bad. They didn't play great. They didn't play great either, though. No, but you know what? That I'm I I feel like I've seen that game between those two teams before. You know, the commentators were talking about how it didn't really feel like playoff hockey, and it didn't. It definitely it didn't have that. Yeah, it didn't have that intensity. So basically, they played like they would play each other in the regular season, and that was. That first period, it was it was a basic game between the two of them. What, and then it just got away from the Bruins, you know. Basically, what I'm trying to say is that Philadelphia did deserve to win because they didn't fall apart. Uh, but it does make me wonder if the Bruins are going to get their shit together this week, because mm-hmm. they have this week to get it together. Because everybody's got August 10th off for the draft lottery. Oh. You know, I know on Twitter, people are uh, several people like uh, Pete Blackburn and Ian McLaren are talking about how it's going to be great when uh, when the Oilers win the first pick. <laughs> 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 you know, I mean, the decision they 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 really made a decision, uh, a decision they could make when they put Mike Smith in goal to start out the series. <laughs> I'm sure Mike Smith is a cool guy. I mean, he scores goals as a goalie. But my goodness, his puck handling skills are so overrated. I think it has hurt him and his teams more than it has aided. Don't forget, he also fought uh, Cam Talbot. <laughs> Which is hilarious because those two goalies were on the other teams the opposite the season before. Yes, yes, yes. Which um, is maybe why they fought each other 
and not other people on the ice because those are former friends and teammates. Maybe. Maybe. I just Do you other saying. goalie? F you. I don't like you. <laughs> but yeah, he did fight uh, Cam Tablet. Yeah, I thought that was one of the more entertaining moments of the year uh, or the season, I should say. Uh, anyway, uh, so, yeah, so I, I'm worried about the Bruins. I think we should be worried about the Bruins. There are prospects for this tournament. Yes. Some other things to worry about, because why not? Let's just worry, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, Tori Krug. I think, I feel like that's a huge elephant in the room right now. Tori Krug was, did not get a deal done. Uh, yep. There's no done deal done for him, I should say. I mean, Anders Bjork got signed at three years, one point six million, I think, per. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and, Solid. and it, it is actually one point six per. It's no no front or back loading. It's that's what it is. So uh, that was uh, an interesting deal because I don't see too many that are like that. But it's because it's a smaller deal too. So. But, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm like, it's fine and good to get your RFAs taken care of. I get it. But also, if you're trying to wrap up your RFAs to see what you have left for Tory Krug, I feel like that's working backwards and counterproductive, right. right? Yeah, squeeze the big piece in first, not the other way around. Right. Because my opinion on, on Jake DeBrusque, I like Jake DeBrusque, but I feel like, you know... Uh, if you think that he's worth a, you know, five or six million, I don't, mm. not no. right now. Uh, give him a bridge deal. Do do what you did with McAvoy and Carlo. Mm. Uh, those are two guys who don't need to prove themselves as much as he needs to prove himself, right? I uh, I always well, I'm mostly a fan of Jake DeBrusque, which of course is Spanish for of Brusque, um, <laughs> because I can keep on saying exactly what I just said. Um, and he stole my jersey number. Mm. But is he truly a number two, number two line winger? I don't know. I, I question it sometimes. Well, I don't know. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, how many third line winner, uh, wingers can we have? Bruins like have a, a top line, and I'm going to go a little bit of a tangent here. The Bruins third line. Uh, during the exhibition game, terrified me defensively. It was awful. Today, they had some tenacity to them. They didn't score, of course, but it was it was looking good. But I really, uh, across the board, I worry about the Bruins' depth. This Offensively, I don't think this team is good as it was last year. I mean, the Bruins' third line last year, rolling into the playoffs, Heinen. Johansson. Johan, yeah, and Coyle. And that was a line. That was like the best third line I have seen in years. Two of those players are gone. We can debate about the Heinen trade, but um, I didn't see Richie playing today. Just want to point that out. That, that third line looks looks weak. Although the second line, I maybe we'll get to this later. I like I like I like Jack Stanika. You know what? I like Jack Stanika. And I like the fact that he's like, you know what? My opportunities on this right wing, I'm going to take it. I, I like a player who's just like, yep, I mean, I'm a natural center, but I will play wing for you. You know, there are times where like, you know, in the, in the, uh, in the exhibition game early on where he was just kind of like passing when he should have shot. And that is what 
all young players do. Yeah. I just um, feel like he's being too polite. Right. To his to his line mates. Right. And if we if we remember correctly, that is the big knock that we had on Danton Heinen as well for a long time. Passes when he should shoot. And you could say it about any player, just insert player's name and that's what happens, right? But I I think Studnika will give him a little bit more time and I, I think that he will show you some real stuff because everybody's impressed with him in, in Providence. Cassidy likes what he's heard. Krejci said he likes playing next to him. He likes what he sees. So that's good. Um, and, I, you know, Andre Kasha, I'm just like, at this point, it's like we've seen six games six with games. him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is now actually in Toronto, but he did not travel with the team. And I just wonder what we, A, wonder about his durability. And B, I wonder about a guy who, with David Posternock, two young guys who made a bad decision playing pickup in Malden. Pasta at least came forward and said, look, that's on me. Uh, I I should have quarantined. And as a result, I had to quarantine for a month, basically. Yeah. You know? Uh, I don't know what Kasha's deal was specifically, but he was unfit to play. And then now he's in the bubble and he practiced, but I feel like he's got to, he's got to either be really awesome or he's got to earn that, that spot back, you know? Mm -hmm. And I have no idea what's going on with Richie. I'm assuming his injury. And I just don't know what I think about him. I don't know what I think about Kasha. I don't know what I think about Richie. Was not super impressing Richie in game action. I think I saw him in one game. Um, and I watched on TV too. And I just, I don't know. I realized that we had to do something for the second line right wing. I understand that. Uh, so, you know, basically we had to trade a, a piece to to get. Oh, no, no, wait a minute. Kasha, he was part of the deal for Bacchus, wasn't he? Correct. Okay. All right. So, yeah, we we actually had to get a piece back, um, but basically, we had to get rid of the contract. The trades at this time don't look great, but you got rid of Bacchus, which helps. You know, it. If you want to view it from a cap perspective, the trades were great, which you got to take into account, but. With the aging superstars of the Bruins, to me, you would go into an win-now mode rather than, oh, let's help the cap issue next year. That was just me. Um, but Kasha was supposed to be the answer. He is not the answer yet. Nope, he's not. Nope, nope. There's a part of me that wants the Ducks to actually buy out Bacchus because then the $1.5 million that the Bruins are retaining, they're not on the hook for. I did not realize that. But it makes perfect sense. You're not... The player isn't playing. So yeah, makes sense. Right. So, and even if there were... Even if he retired for some reason, which he'd be dumb to because he'd be leaving $4 million on on the table next season. But even if he retired, the Bruins wouldn't be on the hook for that, which is kind of amazing. So... Yeah, so so basically so many pieces they have they have so many pieces and they have to make them all work and it's hard when even the pieces that you know do work aren't working up to where they should be. I mean, a 4-month layoff is a long time. 
Yes. So for a long I, time. So it is unfair of me to say, oh, well, why aren't these guys like like they were in March? Well, no, they're not going to be like that. But still, you know, it's like I can be critical of like a guy who like, uh, you know, Brad Martian. What the fuck, man? You've been here. Mm hmm. You know, and I get it. You were trying to be a little bit of an imp today, but, you know, stop taking your your the blade of your stick and putting it around a guy's neck. Don't do that. That shit, when it gets caught, is going to get you in big trouble. Don't do it. And also play better. I realize he he got he got stung, at least on on uh, Thursday night. So because he ended up leaving the game. But still, guys, come on. Be better. I mean, Bergie, you're fine. You could have been better. And, and, and pasta, it's like, what the fuck, man? Is it you or is it the ice? Because it's like one of these things is going wrong. Yeah. You know, and I don't want to blame the ice all the time either. So like, you know, everybody's like, oh, no, he's he's fine. Like Milbury's talking about how he's, oh, he's, he seems like he's just like the old pasta. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, he's not. He's not in game shape yet. He really isn't. You know, I, I remember reading Twitter this afternoon. Matt Kalman wrote, uh, Milbury and, and other commentators are talking about how pasta looks like normal pasta and I'm and or he looks good. And I'm I'm like, what what game is he watching? Because, you know, it's uh, he wasn't that great. <laughs> that whole line, the top line sucked. And please, no perfection line bullshit anymore. Oh, I actually kind of forgot they had that nickname. Yeah, because we never call them that. All of that, yeah. Nobody does. I should also mention, I watched half of today's game in French. <laughs> so if if the announcers did say it, I certainly didn't understand it. Oh, good for them. Good for you. It was, yeah, it, I do enjoy watching a game in French every now and then. I do not speak it, listeners. I do not speak it at all. But just the way the announcers are talking, so they're... they're they're speaking in French, obviously, and you know the. I, I don't want to insult the French language, but saying all these French words, doo, 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 and they, it, like Bergeron, I'm like ooh, ooh, because we say Bergeron, Bergeron, and like they really like oh yeah, like they say the French name, and then they, here comes Chara, and there's no ch sound in French, so it's Chara. Yeah, yeah. Chara, and yeah. I'm like, yeah, I love it. Chaise, mm -hmm. chaise uh, yeah, but my favorite one to hear in French actually is not a Bruin. It is Carrie Price. And to me, like, because of course he's, he plays for the Montreal Canadiens and they're, you know, really amping it up for the home, over the home crowd, home listeners. And then you have the most I guess, you know, uh, English-sounding name, Carrie Price. Yep. I mean, it, it must be fun hearing them say Claude Julien. Oh, yeah. When they actually say French names, it's great. Even uh, Brad Marchand, like, they even say it with the, with the French. Brad Marchand. Yeah, it's great. And even if you want to bring it way back, because I watched most of the 2011 Stanley Cup Finals in French. Sagan. Oh, yeah. Sagan. 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 Yeah. yeah. 
the access would be the 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 accent would be over the e. Mm. It'd be like facing the n. Sega. Sega. Yeah. yeah. Of course, uh, that's nine years ago. Yeah. Uh, or like a Savard would be Ooh, fun. That would have been good. Yeah. Like every time I see David Savard's name, just D Savard, I keep thinking it is uh, Denis Savard. Mm, yeah. And I'm like, no, that, that guy doesn't play anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, I love it. It's like I sit there and I'm like, I always say Claude Giroux. Right, because oh, yeah. you know, because mm -hmm. I think he is Quebecois, or he yes. is at least in that part of from that part of Ottawa that still speaks a lot of French, right? Mm -hmm. So, but his name is obviously French, right? Yes. So I always say Claude Giroux, mm -hmm. um, but he goes by Claude. I don't get it um, myself, but whatever. And I always think like, oh, Sean Couturier, that would be a fun name to say. But that I one was very good today. But I really do love Patrice Bergeron. I I just love it. During the pregame, they were talking about what I think was they were talking about the two, like some of the two best uh, defensive centers, and they were talking about uh, Bergeron and uh, Giroud. And they again when they when it comes to the French, was uh, it Giroud or was it Couturier who is the other Selkie finalist? They, they were d definitely talking about. I don't know. It was in French. <laughs> Giroux, uh, Couturier, yeah. one of those and other. One of those. I know Giroux. I think is usually some is a winger. Sometimes he he goes he flip flops. But they were talking about them, and I I did. I'm pretty sure they were talking about their defensive uh, abilities. Um, it, just like in the for um, uh, I guess English speakers, I think French. Sports talk people just say stuff to kill time. Of course they do. They just sound a lot cooler doing it. Yep. Aren't you glad that we don't have Pierre Maguire? Oh, I am so glad. Oh, did you see that one, Milbury? Oh. Oh, oh okay. Actually, Claude Giroux is from, uh, from a place in Ontario. Oh, that's dumb. Well, yeah, I'm going to find out where it is. It looks like it's in the French part. Uh, yeah, there's a place in his town, Eco Musée de Hurst et de la. De, eh, de la. Okay. I don't know. Anyway, I took French for a semester and a half. And okay. it's not that I was terrible at it. I say I was terrible. I wasn't really that terrible. But I wasn't good at it. Uh, when I took German, German was like the natural language for me. Oh, yeah, clearly. And it's not just because of ancestry or anything. It's just like there was just something about German that works for me. And I think it's a beautiful language, even if other people don't think it is. But not everybody like barks things in German. So and I will say that as an English speaker, English is a very ugly language. Uh, ugly. Let's try it again. Ugly language as well, uh, when it's barked. So, whatever. Anyway, hey, stop that. <laughs> you're right. You're absolutely correct. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's like uh, you know, I, I have an appreciation for other languages. Um, I actually, um, the language that I'm really fascinated by is, um, uh, Nosa, Nosa, 
Mosa. Uh, where's that spoken? Uh, that is, and I'm not even saying it very well. I, I'm, I, I, I was a lot better at it. It is uh, spoken in like um, South Africa. Ah, yeah. So it's uh, oh, it's like you you put a click in, uh, like when you see an X, it's a click. Whoa. And it's uh it's a it's complicated to get your tongue and brain working like that, but it, I'm really fascinated by that language. So, because I remember when I was a little kid, I saw The Gods Must Be Crazy. And it was such a fun movie, but it, it dealt with the Bush people mm. of South Africa and Botswana and, and, and everything and, and how somebody uh, found a uh, Coke bottle. It came out of the sky and they thought the gods obviously sent this, you know. So it's like this this com it's this comedy um, of people like not fully understanding each other. <laughs> So I remember watching that movie a lot as a as a kid. So I, I've been very fascinated by their language because the being able to do a clicking sound in the right part of the word is very interesting to me. So I don't think I'll see any hockey games in that language. I don't think so either. But, you know, I definitely appreciate that, you know, you have people who are speaking like uh, all sorts of different dialects of uh, Indian and other languages in Canada for their viewership, you know? Uh, I don't know if Punjab is a... I think it is. Uh, ...a dialect or not, but I know that there are many Punjabi uh, broadcasters. So I, I, I love it. It's like... And, and, you know, that's the thing. I, the NHL wants to make sure that hockey is for everyone, right? They, right. They're... they're mm -hmm. This is what they're saying, and I know that, you know, they're not doing stuff at the pace that people want them to do, and they feel like a lot of the stuff is empty words without a lot of follow-through. And I think that there's hope that they will follow through on this stuff. It's that we just don't – they're not really ready yet, yeah. or they don't understand what they need to do. Okay, or they do understand what they need to do. They just don't know how to do it. As lame as that sounds, like you and I had a conversation before about something about how like I'm a big believer in when you're ready for something, you're ready mm -hmm. for it. And the problem is, is that a lot of people, a lot of fans are ready for things and the league for whatever reason is not ready or the players are not really up for that. They're not really ready to do the the, the things that people want them to do. And that has really, really messed up my head in the last week because it's like, on the one hand, I get it. I understand because it's like we as a society, we have to change. And then we want this, the small worlds of sports to change in that same way. Mm -hmm. um, and it's frustrating when they're not making those changes. Um, and I absolutely agree. It's like we we need players to do more than just listen and understand. We need them to demonstrate that, no, we really need to have uh, solidarity with people of color. You know, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, it's, it, you know, so it's it's one of those things where we have so many great things that are happening within the sport, but we need more diversity because diversity always leads to like changes like good changes you know mm -hmm. 
the game always gets better by having more and more different kinds of people in it, you know? So uh, it's frustrating when it's like, okay, so the players aren't all coming out and kneeling and doing Black Lives Matter, like real, like, uh, I hate to say it, it's performative stuff right now. Yeah. You, you have players who have donated money and made statements and whatever, but, you know, uh, you know, the performative stuff is the stuff that we all see, right? Uh, and unfortunately, like I had a conversation with my husband yesterday about how, like, you know, the thing is, is like, I think that people who are liberal in their views tend to be the people who are willing to go out and stand out and do these things. And people mm -hmm. who are conservative are the ones who want to do the pr performative stuff. They want to do the like, oh, I'm, I'm going to stand for the anthem. You know, because that's how that's me showing how patriotic I am or something. Right. When there's nothing in that, it's just it's an empty gesture. You're just standing. You're just standing. Right. So it's like it's one of those things where it's like, you know, um, like I, I, I hate to bring politics into this. I'm just going to bring do a brief little dive. You know, it's like, you know, Trump is all very big on this whole performative uh, like patriotism thing, stand for the flag, all this bullshit. And this is a guy who dodged the draft, who uh, basically kept getting deferments so that he didn't go to Vietnam, who was, uh, he, he, he loves the, the military. I say that in quotation marks. He's fascinated by it, but uh, he doesn't respect the, the people who are actually in the military in any way, shape or form. He doesn't, you know, try to make their lives better. He may have ignored some really key information about some soldiers out in Afghanistan and some bad things. So I'm not sitting here just trying to dump on Trump. I'm trying to say there's a difference between like real, like, you know, shows of like, uh, like support and performative stuff. So my head has been really messed up with all of this stuff this, this week. What I'm trying to say is that hockey players tend to be more conservative in thought and from conservative backgrounds because you need to have money to really be able to play NHL hockey to, to get to that level. This week, there was, um, there was a, a, a couple of kids that actually won this local award here in, in New England for... Uh, uh, their hockey playing ability. It was uh, an award that was given through like Nesson or something like that. And the kid, when the kids said, I was really surprised that I got this award that I was even in the running because I go to a public school. Whoa. And do you know how sad that made me mm -hmm. that it's like, Oh, it's just taken for granted that if I go to a, a public school, I'm not even looked at. Because think about it, it's like, okay, American-born players, they almost always go to private schools or they get into the U.S. development program and then they get billeted and they do these different things. Mm -hmm. Like Tori Krug, uh, Sean Crowley, they didn't do the national program. They were uh, in the USHL. So they actually went to a private school while playing, not professionally, but like like in, uh, like a different... Image. Yeah, it's like the amateur leagues. Yeah, right, right. Um, so and they were both college bound, right? So that's fine. Mm -hmm. But basically, if they went to just public high schools and stuff like that, they weren't going to get a look. 
you know, and in and, and Canada, it's a little bit different because those kids are so they are taken from a young age and done uh, basically this apprenticeship their whole lives. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit different. But here in the States, you have to go to private schools. So that either means, A, your parents have to pay for it or B, you have to get a scholarship to go there. Right. right. So it's just sad to me. It's just like so it's getting to my greater point of like, these are people who maybe haven't gone through a lot of struggle in their lives. Like their struggle might be like, I got to play better. Right. You know, and I want to make the NHL. Uh, it's not the, the struggle unless they're, uh, they're an athlete who happens to be of a different ethnicity. You know, they might have different, a different path. Right. Um, like I, I, I don't know if you read, there was an article on uh, the Stewart's, a couple months ago on like ESPN and it was like when the Sunday long reads and what Anthony and Chris Stewart had to go through to get to where they were is just, it, 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 it you know, they're having a great amount of talent and having some people guide them in the right direction and having parents who were willing to sacrifice a lot of things is what got them to where they were. But Chris Stewart almost didn't get there. You know, mm -hmm. and we might not think like, well, Chris Stewart's not a huge name or whatever. And his brother, Anthony, kind of flamed out a little bit. It doesn't matter. They got to the big show. And so if you're good enough to make it to the NHL, you're good enough to make it to the NHL. But it's hard to get there by uh, by conventional means. And so what I'm trying to say is that by and large, most Hockey players in the NHL are conservative in thought and in background. So they don't understand. And empathy is not a big trait in conservative thought. I think, okay, some, we were going to record earlier than this. We're, we're recording a couple of days later um, that we wanted to. And it, and it took me a couple of days to get to a point where I could actually talk about this. In a way. And I'm, you know what, I'm not going to say that what I'm saying is right. This is my opinion. You know, I am wrong at times and I'm willing to, to try to learn more about things that are going on in the world. Um, so I'm just saying that it's been my viewpoint that this is, this is what I see. I was raised in a conservative household. There isn't a lot of empathy there. And I really like to think that I got to where I am um, with my morality and my uh, ability to deal with people by watching Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers. Oh, mm, yeah. Hey, Mr. Rogers. Cool dude, man. Cool dude. Well, actually, first of all, thank you for sharing that. I really do mean it. So I have been. Oh, I'll just kind of focus my thoughts just to the NHL. Okay. So, uh, big surprise, I am uh, quite liberal. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, actually, I say that like my like the listeners hang out with me all the time. Um, like, oh, listeners, if you haven't been following my life and following my private Instagram account, yes, I am liberal. So, and living in a very much a purple uh, uh, state, purple political climate in North Carolina. Even within the city, the the city I live in is very, very much a, a mix. So it's very common around here that 
I'll, I'm going to use my friend as an example to uh, hide the name. I will call this friend. What am I going to call this? I'm going to call this friend pineapple. <laughs> so pineapple, piney, piney was talking to me uh, and she's very much active in the black lives matter movement. She's partaken in multiple, multiple uh, uh, protests. Even when she can, even has donated money. So, you know, she's putting her, her, her actions and her heart. Um, everything is, you know, aligns with her. Uh, but her, her parents, unfortunately, very old school, uh, maybe misguided. She was complaining about her parents. And I'm like, okay, yeah, those are, these are negative things. Your parents seem to have racist views which isn't, you know, you love, you still love your parents, but these views, it, 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 there's a huge conflict there. One day, Piney tells me, you know, my mom, she kind of like, just finally told me like that, that she's now okay with me taking you know, a part in these protests. I'm like, whoa, that's, that, that shows signs of improvement. Mm -hmm. It's a small, 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 small step, but take it. Don't like now suddenly be angry at your mom and say, all right, now this is the right way for you to grow. If you're growing, if you're improving, I think it should be celebrated. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that sometimes you got to, you know, tell people to hurry along. All right. All right. You're learning, but you got to learn a little quicker sometimes. I get it. But here we are to follow your point. Um, the NHL is at least making small growing like they realized well we might need to do something and I, I gotta say a couple of years ago i would have assumed they would have done nothing at a moment like this i wish they uh, i want them to do more they should do more but i am happy they are doing something much like piney's mom is, is growing it took the nfl which has a very large percentage of their players are, are black or people of color. Okay. It took them like five years to actually come out and put out a statement stating like, Oh, we realize now um, that it's really important to listen to our players. And when they say something about how, you know, black lives matter or, you know, how we should celebrate Juneteenth or, you know, these things that are important, in our history, we should listen. So, you know, the, the thing was that they, they actually uh, are now closing the league office on Juneteenth oh, and celebrating that's... the holiday. So, so the, and I think they were encouraging everybody else to do that within the, the league. And, and basically it's like, it took them five years to get the point of what Colin Kaepernick was trying to do. You yeah, know, but who, who sacrificed his career. Right. Right. So now they're basically like, if you want to kneel, go ahead and kneel, you know, but it's just like, uh, you know, it, it takes time and we want people to move faster than they do. Mm. And uh, we can't, you know, sometimes we can accelerate that, but we can't expect everybody to be on the same page all the time. And it's frustrating. And I hate that. I wish we could because we're just talking about common decency here. Mm -hmm. That's what we're talking about in this in in this whole um, time of um, of uh, you know uh, 
protesting for equality, equality that we should have, that that we have in like in name only, um, where you know laws aren't enforced to make sure that people are treated uh, with dignity and respect, and you know people should be able to like not expect to be pulled over by police unexpectedly or not be killed when uh when a police officer is questioning them or maybe arresting them or whatnot you know what i mean so it's like we have a lot of work to do here Mm -hmm. you know and it reminds me of another thing that i really didn't want to talk about but we will talk about it very quickly the tuca rask hat situation this week oh i was wondering if you're gonna bring it up oh god it made me in such a bad mood it really (laughs) did because one like the he filmed this segment with Catherine Tappan earlier in the day, uh, and they they were talking about, you know, it was going to be something that was going to be in the middle of um, coverage of the of uh, a, an exhibition game. Mm. It was like intermission number one or two. He was wearing a Boston police hat. Okay, I didn't think anything of it. Right. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, it was uh, it, this aired after the Bruins and the Blue Jackets had stated that they were going to lock arms and stand during the anthems and, and something or other. It was it was a very confusing gesture to me that I didn't quite understand. OK, so like so that was the one thing where everybody's like, you guys are standing. What what is this? OK. Yeah, I'll get it. I I didn't I didn't understand the gesture, and then two, it was the whole like, hey, Tuca did an interview and he's wearing a hat, that you know it's a Boston police hat, and of course you know, it, it's frustrating because on the one hand it's like everybody is like, no no, this is a very clear cut black and white kind of subject, and when I say black and white subject, I mean you know in the idea of like, you know. It's one thing or either this or either that. Yeah. Right, right, right. I wanted to clarify that because some people don't understand or they might misunderstand. Mm -hmm. So, but what life is complicated and life is often everything in between, (laughs) right? Nothing is very much this or that all the time. Like sometimes it is very much that way, but some, you know, there's stuff that's in the middle. Is it tone deaf? Yes. Uh, Was it malicious? I can't say. Okay, I don't think Tuca's that kind of guy, but I am willing to say that Tuca's a goalie and goalies are weird. And, well, we know what Tim Thomas was. Mm -hmm. Okay, he's a very conservative guy who uh, probably would have worn a police hat, too, if he felt like wearing the police hat. Um, And you have to wonder, okay, does this negate everything that he does on the ice or whatnot? And I'm just like, you know what? At this point, I don't give a shit. I just don't, you know, Tuca is allowed to have his own beliefs, but I also believe that you can, you can support the police. Okay. Boston police. Yes. They do a lot of racial profiling. According to something I read back in 2018, they do racial profiling, which is bad. Uh, Mm -hmm. Almost every cop department does it. Um, But we don't have deaths resulting from that nobody should feel unsafe in the presence of uh, cops. They shouldn't, but we often do. 
And I understand that. I really, really understand that. And I can't imagine what it must be like when somebody would look at my skin, see that it's a different color than theirs, and automatically they just treat me like shit. So I, I get that. I, I understand that. I think that we can want the police to be better and we can still support black people and people of color and people of other orientations in not being treated like shit by the police. Mm. I think we can do both. That that's the point I was trying to get at. I'm sorry. Yes. It was very long winded, but this is the stuff I've been trying to work through this week. Mm. And I can't imagine that I'm the only person who's trying to work through this. And it made me very, very upset to the point where we had to cancel our original recording, which was fine for Nick because Nick had a busy, busy week. And I didn't even tell him why. I just like, I, I just, I, I hate everybody today. <laughs> and I was like, hmm, me too. Sounds good. Let's do another day. <laughs> uh, so um, I needed to get that off my chest. I, I hope this, I hope people understand that I have good intentions with everything that I've said and don't misconstrue things. And yeah, I've probably said it poorly and I'm sorry. But I, you know what? I like so many other people am just trying to work my way through all of this while dealing with the pandemic yes. while, you know, dealing with the, like my minor frustrations, I guess we'll say um, that sometimes feel a lot greater because you know what? I would love to just be like hanging out in Newport right now. And I, I'm not doing that next summer though. I'm getting a summer house. We are renting a house for the summer. I'm going to live there all summer. It's going to be great. You're welcome to come up, Nick. Thank you. You said you were going to walk boomers, so that'll be good. Not, I, the, I love walking dogs. It's <laughs> one of my favorite things to do. Nick, why don't you have a dog? Because I live in an apartment where the landlord is extremely nice, extremely awesome, but has made one rule very clear. No dogs allowed. Oh, poor Snoopy. And you know what? I follow the rules when it comes to my landlord because she's very nice. Well, if you walked my dog, you would, like, get all the chicks. Mm. You would because my dog is a, is a handsome little bossy boy. I, I do like <laughs> the ladies. I do like. He does, too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, Okay. So I got all of that stuff. Let's talk about something really happy. All right. Seattle announced their team name. In the most dramatic, awesome way possible. I'm telling you, when I saw the logo come out with the S and then the tentacles slide up in slide the middle, through. I was like, mm -hmm. I yelled, yes! And my husband, who's down in his office getting ready for his meeting, uh, <laughs> teleconference, was like, Oh, they must have announced Seattle. <laughs> it must be the Kraken. <laughs> I know that people, there there are people who don't like that name for a variety of reasons. And I don't like that they're, they're calling themselves crackheads in the crack house. I don't like that. You know, um, like I understand how that could happen and I don't like it. I think you should be a little bit better with your naming of yourselves. Um, but I am so excited 
I love the uniforms. I love the various blues that they're using. I love the red eye, the menace. The red eye is so good. I know. But it's so funny because, like, I was looking at it. I'm like, that reminds me of something. And my husband comes upstairs and he goes, don't you think it looks a little bit like Trogdor? I'm like, oh, my God. It looks like Trogdor, the Burninator. It's an S for snake or <laughs> dragon. Um <laughs> Or Kraken. That's for Kraken. So, you know, I saw that too, and I'm like, that's Trogdor. That's totally Trogdor. I am sure some uh, 35-year-old graphic designer came up with that too. You just know it. <laughs> and um, he was singing in his head, Trogdor! Trogdor! <laughs> Burning it yeah. in the countryside. Burninating the peasants. Burninating all the people and the thatch roof cottages! roof cottages! Um, That was fun. Um, my, I have actually, my cousin Nick, seriously, his name's Nick, um, Lives out in Seattle, and I might I might have to go up there and watch a game. Oh, was, we're we're definitely yeah. gonna go for sure. I, I, and that, oh, sorry. I say, and that would be my first time on the West Coast. Oh, it would be my first time in Seattle. Hmm. Like you know, Clinton said to me, he's like, "Oh, now we have a real reason to go to Seattle," and I'm like, "Well, we always have a real reason to go to Seattle, but yes, going to see a hockey game would definitely be a real reason to go to Seattle, I guess." Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I, I really can't wait to go there. Um, now they are renovating key arena, the former key arena. Um, and, uh, because I don't know if you knew this, they only had one like loading bay. Whoa. Which is tiny. Yes. All right. Um, hockey requires more and actually concerts, which they used to have there require many more loading areas. So, so they basically, kept the roof mm-hmm. and some of the load bearing beams and 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 uh, load bearing uh, columns and stuff and they gutted everything else and and whatnot and they made the announcement to all of the people working on the arena like right there that was really cool i thought that was a nice touch you know like hey people you've been working hard through a pandemic the rain uh plus even without a pandemic in the rain you got a tough job. Take a break and listen to the team name announcement. Like that's really, really, I uh, think special. Yeah, they were like, "We are not able to do this without you." Mm-hmm. You know, and they were like, "We're not able to do this without the people of, of uh, Seattle." So it's like, I'm, I'm really excited. I can't wait. Um, I have ordered a T-shirt. It should be coming anytime soon. You know, because I was excited for the release of the Kraken. I cannot wait to get a jersey with. A former Bruins name on it. And I'm not even going to bother to guess. It's in a year. John Ooh, Moore. Kind of... <laughs> oh, I forgot Bjork. <laughs> I heard Bjork is a possibility, but I, yeah. Okay. People who are making predictions on who's going to go to the Seattle already. Cool it. There's still a, a free agency period. We got to get through. We don't even know who's going to be on the Bruins next year, let alone Seattle in, in a, in two, in a sense, two uh, seasons from now. 
I don't think that Tory Crews is going to be on the, the Bruins next year. I don't think he will. And I'm very sad about that. And I used to not be a big Krug person, so I'm very, very sad about this. Like, Jeff will would, like, listen to this. He won't listen to this. But if he did listen to this, he would hear that I'm very sad about it. Mm. I, I wish I could do a Jeff impression, but I, I'm not gonna, going to. Just be rude. Insult the man. I don't want to do that. Mm, rocks. Yeah. <laughs> So, my brother, I have an impression, my impression of my brother is simply this. Mm, yes, yes, I'm left-handed, mm, I'm real tall. Mm, <laughs> my brother sounds nothing like that, or even make, does his phrasing like that. That's just my impression of him every single time. Mm, yes, I'm tall, mm, left-handed, and, and, and cars go fast, yes. Um, <laughs> well, he's yeah. also not listening, but, <laughs> but laughing. I forgot to mention, mm, I'm tall. <laughs> oh yeah, Jeff is tall. He's taller than my brother. Yeah, he's six foot five. He's a, he's a big tall guy. I have seen him squeeze into seats in the balcony. <laughs> What's even better though is I've seen Andrew, the tallest, Whoa, tallest. squeeze into seats <laughs> into the in the balcony. He gave me a hug, and I just thought I got sucked into a black hole. I'm That's like, right. You guys met that time. Yeah. We, we folded him up into our back seat. <laughs> the tallest person I have ever met, spoke to, even had a meal with this person, was uh, uh, oh Zeller, the Zeller that played for the Seattle Seattle. Wow, the Boston Celtics. Oh yeah, There's Tyler couple, was it Tyler? Tyler yeah. yeah, Tyler Zeller. Because um, yeah. there was a couple of them, and they all played in the NBA. Um, but yes, I met Tyler Zeller. How how tall is he? Seven one. Okay, the tallest person that I've ever met and spoke to, or actually he spoke to me because I was like a little bit dazed and confused. And I guess you could technically say that, no, we didn't have a meal together, but I can tell you what he had. It was Kevin Garnett. Whoa. It was at a Burger King in Waltham. Okay. Kevin Garnett's got expensive tastes. Hey, it was lunchtime, right? That's true. Yeah. It's lunchtime. He got a side salad, um, a uh, small fry, and an orange soda. Hmm. So. Why not? Yeah. So it's like, I I get it. Like, salad, healthy, you know? I don't know what was on salad, but salad, healthy. Fries, because... You got to. You're at a Burger King. Come on. And then get your orange soda because orange soda is tasty. I get it. Um, And he was tall and he stood next to me and I was like a little bit like I was just standing there and I was like, oh, my God, he's so tall. Right. And I'm just like, I if you know anything about me, I love really tall guys. There are two things I really like. I like really tall guys and really smart guys. Right. (laughs) Those are my favorite things. So. Here's Kevin Garnett. He's standing next to me. I don't realize he's Kevin Garnett because I'm like looking up, but I won't look at his face because I'm just like, oh, so tall, so tall. And then he looks down at me. He's like, that's you. Because we were almost, you know, at the the point (laughs) of sale, basically. And I'm like, oh, oh, thank you. And I was just like, I'm sitting there. I'm like, I know that guy. How do I? Oh, my God. It's Kevin Garnett. I was so excited. 
I mean, I didn't, I didn't bother him. I didn't ask for an interview or, or not interview, but I didn't ask for, you know, an autograph or anything because he's getting lunch. I'm not oh, going to yeah. bother Leave him. Leave the guy alone. Yeah. Right. Right. But I was just like, oh my God, that was Kevin Garnett. So exciting. So, because you know, the, um, the Celtics practiced in Waltham. Oh, okay. That, that explains it. Yeah. They used to practice at Brandeis. Um, which is actually not in that part of Waltham, but maybe he was on his way home or something, right? Um, but now they have a really nice facility that's right near the Bruins facility, right off of Route 90 in Brighton. So it's the Auerbach Center. Um, so it's, like I said, it's like right next to Warrior. Oh, okay. Well, that's kind of cool. They got the all the, the facilities next to each other. Right, right. So that means that they can have like chef facilities and stuff like that there. So that so I'm sure that the Celtics are are eating very well now. They don't have to go to the Waltham uh Burger King. But uh yeah, that um, was that was a lot of fun. Anyway, um okay. Yeah, so the Kraken very excited. Can't wait. So fun. And the league will be balanced. So, there we go. I just think it's awesome. The NHL already has more teams than the NBA and Major League Baseball, and then we're going to be tied with professional football. Just feels like we're like more legit than we were before. We're, we're more legit, more legit than before. It's, a, it's not quite as too legit, too legit to quit. to quit. Yeah, that was such a weird time. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about it. Such a weird time. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so, um, I think that's about it. That's, I, I think I, I spilled everything out. Don't have much more to go. Any other news that I'm missing? Tuka Rask was sick. We don't know with what, but it sounds like it's not COVID-19 and that t- no one's freaking out about it even online. So that's it. No, um, an illness of some kind. I actually didn't expect him to play the whole round robin anyway because of his finger. So I'm surprised he's playing, but whatever. I, I will say this. Um, it really doesn't matter who we have in net. It would be really fine to have like other players in front of them. Oh, I don't know. Not fuck up. There yes, we go. That'd there be great. That's the ideal. That is like, that's the bar right there. Just stop fucking up. Stop fucking up as much. Just, you know, you can have some minor things, but don't cough up the puck in front of the net. Don't pinch. Don't, don't pinch the wrong guy. Yeah. (laughs) You know, um, that's, and and maybe like stop calling them the perfection line because they were very much the opposite of that today. So there we go. All right. I feel a little bit better now. I'm good. I'm, 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 I'm good. I am good. You are and good. You're good as well. Um, I'm happy. I'm happy to hear that. That's good news. Thank you. It's my weekly therapist appointment. No, barely on topic. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about games this week. Um, I, I got it right here for you. Oh, good. You say them then. I'm yep. Gonna, yeah. All right. So the Bruins have a game um, at Wednesday, August fifth at four p.m. Ooh, four p.m. Um, you know, hopefully, uh, nothing bad happens at work because I'll be watching that game at four p.m. 
I'll do some. I'll be doing some data entry from four to six that day. That's for sure. Um, and then the Bruins don't play again after that until Sunday. Uh, the game is currently scheduled, I believe, at noon. Oh, yeah, I should probably say who they play. They played the Tampa Bay. Yep. Tampa Bay on Wednesday at yep. four. Yeah. And then the Capitals Sunday, according to my calendar, it's slated at noon. Wow. It's like brunch with the Bruins. Yeah. You might want to drink more. Yes. That's against the Caps. Um, of course, that um, this weekend I had the unfortunate experience. I had to wake up before noon both today and yesterday. Oh, my God. Um, but I'm pretty sure that Sunday, if I could time it, like wake up at 1130, brew the, an awesome cup of coffee, and the caffeine hits right at noon, that's what I'm going to try to do. And a peanut butter and jelly bagel. Ooh. No, thank you. I am getting bagels this week. I need some bagels. I need some bagels in my life. I got the Bruins. I need to bring back the bagels. Yeah, there you go. Get a peanut butter and jelly bagel. Or get a bagel and put peanut butter and jelly on it. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited already. <laughs> or you could put some cream cheese and jelly on it. You know what? I, why, why limit myself? I could have one of each. Wow, you're going to have a smorgasbord of, like, bagels. That's right. You have two sides, so you can put whatever you yeah, want. Because you're not eating it like this. You're eating it like this. Yeah. Open face, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, my favorite bagel is an everything bagel with, like, cheddar cheese melted on it. So it's, like, oh. bubbly and brown. That is, you like... you get that crunch. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. And there's, yeah. Yeah. I used to do that all the time when I worked at a bagel that... Uh, at, not a bagel company, but a... Uh, a bakery back in the day I used to that was my lunch if it wasn't that it was like a uh, a small Italian bread I would just like yeah. we had awesome Italian bread and I would just break it in half and scoop out all the the stuff and eat that and then tear off the crust because I eat oh. bread very strangely and my husband I, I picked up on that just now yeah, yeah my husband said I eat <laughs> bread very strangely and it, it's true because certain rules I have to cube them some I have to, I have to make into a round shape, you know. So it's like I'm, I'm very strange at times. It's okay, I'm okay with it. Speaking of strange things, I'm going to give my listeners at home who uh, make their own pizza, I'm going to give them a little bit, a tidbit, a little hint here. So for a while, when I buy the nice mozzarella logs, sometimes I accidentally buy the ones that are pre-cut, and I never liked that because the cuts were too thick. Well, I found out today, I made pizza for the Bruins game. I had people over. I had my family over. Even though the Bruins lost, it, I still had an awesome time today. Um, I got to hang out with people, and it was just a great day. Um, but anyway, if you just squish the cheese, the mozzarella cheese down, it makes for the perfect uh, size to put on, on top of your pizza when you're making it. So I will be buying the pre-cut uh, mozzarella cheese log now and just doing a little squish and then kind of... Yep. I know that sounds really weird, but I'm like, I was pissed off, so I just like pounded on the cheese. I'm like, holy shit, that worked. And I put it all over the pizza. Hand hand flattened mozzarella cheese. All right. <laughs> Perhaps we should wrap up the show. Yes. By saying things that I'm not very good at saying. I wish I could say that Jeff would come in right now and say all those things, but 
he's not here. So, um, listeners, you've been listening to Barely on Topic. If you like us, uh, no, that's not where we're going. Okay. Listeners, you've been listening to Barely on Topic. You can find us on SoundCloud, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play, on Spotify, um, and other places where you can probably find all of your podcast needs. We have uh, a web presence on Twitter at Barely on Topic, on Facebook at Bar- Barely on Topic Podcast. I'm sorry. I just saw Seth Jones. I love uh, Seth he's Jones. A good, he's, he's a good looking kid. He's a good looking kid. He, yeah, no, I shouldn't say kid. He's a good looking young man. Yes. Yes. And uh, and he's very sweet and awkward. And I, I like him. Boy, I got distracted by seeing Seth Jones. You know how I love my defenseman. If you'd like to confer with us in some way, although I'm really dubious about social media these days, you can find me at VA from RI. Got it right three weeks in a row. Nice. Yeah. And? Oh, yeah. You can find I'm uh, good luck spelling my last name. It's actually not that bad. I'm at Nick Baggio. Or is it sometimes said Nick, Nick Badaggio? <laughs> I'm still not over my graduation <laughs> than mispronouncing my name. But it's cute. It's cute. But the the person knew me. We're in we're in the committee together. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It's fine. It's okay. Oh, okay. okay. So guess what? You get to say the last thing. I'm gonna try to put my own spin on it. Word Chador <laughs> The word comes in the night <laughs> There we go. 